0: Hey, it's Heidi Rain, founder of the Codependency Code Institute. We're going to talk about something today, I think is probably one of the most important things that we can talk about. And I know I say that all the time, but I really believe the things that we talk about around here are some of the most important things that nobody else is, are like not nobody else. There's a few people, but there are a few of us that are talking about these things that we need to talk about in a time now where we need to talk about it more than ever. Addiction is an epidemic. It doesn't care about your social status. It doesn't care about how many ladders you've climbed. It doesn't care about how smart you are. It doesn't care about how much of an achiever you are in any way, shape, or form. It affects absolutely everybody. And one of the areas that we kind of don't pay enough attention to, and this is where I decided to kind of do this work, is there's help for addicts and alcoholics everywhere, right? I mean, every five miles, there's a treatment center. Okay. There are meetings. I live in South Florida, which is the recovery uh, capital of the world. And there are like 3000 meetings from West Palm beach to Miami, just here, just in South Florida every single day. But what's lacking is help for the people that are impacted by addiction, now, of course, there is Al-Anon and things like that. And that those are perfect. Those are great support groups. I'm not, not knocking yeah. those at all. Hey, no, 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 buddy, my dogs. But what I find that people who join my programs or come in for coaching really are, hey, no, 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 are really looking for is direct advice. It's one thing to be able to have support, which I think is absolutely amazing and incredible. But it's another thing to have strategic advice to be able to help you navigate whether you're married to an addict or alcoholic, you're a partner with them, or they're addicted to pornography or any other kind of thing. It doesn't have to be a substance, it can be a lot of different things, or if you grew up in that environment. And so, my aim with found- founding the Codependency Institute is to help people to actually bridge that gap for people to give you and equip you through our courses, programs and retreats and things like that, the information that you need to be able to have a healthy relationship, because believe it or not, it actually is possible. Uh, So again, this is kind of my ministry, you know, doing the podcast and doing the YouTube and things like that are, are my way of giving to absolutely everybody. But if you are interested in going deeper And having me come alongside of you and support you on this road and pouring into you directly that strategic advice with your unique situation, then then you can go over to HeidiRain.com and schedule a complimentary consultation and check out our programs over there. Okay. But today we are going to talk about healthy communication with an addict or an alcoholic. Now I I already know it's like, what the hell is that? That is totally impossible. There's no way I'm going to have any kind of healthy communication, but I think you can. I really do believe you can, but you have to know, number one, what the hell that is. What is healthy communication look like? And and I know that even sounds silly to some people. Well, we know what healthy communication, well, when you are in addiction, either you grew up in it or you married into it or whatever, I'm going to tell you the last thing that you know is what healthy is. There's so much gaslighting that goes on. There's so much like what's normal. That, that happens as a result of being in this environment that you start to question your own sanity and start to think that things that are normal are not normal. And maybe you you grew up in that. So you're like, I don't know. You know? I mean, all different types of things are possible. So one of the things that we do with our work at the Codependency Institute is just help people figure out what the hell healthy is and what their new normal is going to be. So let's get into what healthy communication looks like first, and then we'll talk about If you're in a relationship with an active addict or an alcoholic, if that's a child, a spouse, a partner, what have you, or if they're in recovery, because my answer is going to be different for these two stages. And we help everybody at every stage. Okay. So the first thing that we need, if we're going to have healthy communication, you and I are sitting down, we're going to talk and we're going to get to get somewhere, right? I'm going to air my stuff and you're going to air your stuff. And we're going to, we're going to have some conflict resolution. The very first ingredient, if we were going to make like a talk soup, you remember that show that used to be so good back in the day with Greg Kinnear. Oh my God, I loved it. But we're going to make talk soup. The very first ingredient we're going to pour into that soup is going to be an active listener an active participant that both people are actively participating. Now, if I go to talk to you and you're doing 51,000 other things, I don't know what you're doing. You're, you're burning your sage. You're, you know, you're, you're checking your phone, you know, you're doing like, I don't have an active listener. So no communication is even going to happen unless we have our full attention. In fact, you're listening to this right now, but if you're distracted and you're doing 15 other things, we are not effectively communicating because it's not going to land. And I'm not going to fly a plane somewhere where there's no freaking runway to bring her home and land the point or do whatever, right? So you got to have a clear runway. Look at all these analogies we're doing today. You to have a clear runway. You got to be able to get in there and actually land this fucker and have some, you know, ha- be on a clear lane. So do you have a clear... Lane, do you have an active participant whenever somebody's under the influence who raise your hand, you, if you've ever tried to communicate with somebody who's actually under the influence. I remember many times when I used to think that I had so many great conversations with my dad on the porch, we'd be on the porch back in West Virginia, where I grew up and he lived and, and we'd be out there smoking cigarettes when I used to smoke back in the day and he'd be holding his mother light can and, and he'd be half drunk and i'd be having conversations about change and you know just how the potential that he has you know and and how our lives could be if he just decided to quit drinking and i would feel so damn good cuz i'd be like man i i'm i'm like really getting in there and my dad's like three three sheets to the wind you know what i mean he's already on his way you know what i mean and i'm thinking wow i'm being so good because i'm clear headed i know what i'm saying but it's not landing all right when somebody's under the influence even if they're like Coming out of the influence. You know what I mean? They're hungover. They're still under the influence. You cannot have a conversation. So, what I would say is if that first ingredient is not present in your talk soup, work mission turn off the stove, take the pot away, and don't do it. Okay. Because you're not making any kind of a head way. And you think, Oh, and the next morning I'm going to hit them when they're sober. And when they wake up, I'm going to be like, yeah, line up. I used to do that line up the beer cans. So my dad could see how much beer he drank and just wait downstairs and think he's going to come downstairs and be like embarrassed and realize how much he drank. And then I'm going to have this riveting conversation. No, again, that is not the time to have any kind of communication. All right. But when somebody is available to you, now let's say they're, they're not drunk. They're just distracted. Well, what you say to them is you can do what we call, used to call in business when I was a business consultant back in the day, position the discussion, which is if you need an active listener, you need to position that discussion and don't do a drive by salt, right? So you're going to go, Hey, um, Hey, there's a comment. There's something I really want to talk to you about. You know, like, let's say you want to communicate about somebody's in recovery and you want to communicate about some pain or something that's come up that you want to communicate. So you say, Hey, I, you don't do a sneak attack with that. People need to be prepared. Right. Um, for example, when I got sober, all right, I've been sober for, for over a decade. And I met my husband when I was still binge drinking. And when I first was getting alcohol free sober, he would want to come to me and maybe talk about some things that were triggering him up, but I need to be prepared for that. Now. Even you can't be afraid to have a conversation with somebody because you're walking on eggshells thinking if I bring this shit up, they're going to relapse. You don't make people relapse. People relapse because they're not working recovery when weird stuff happens. You don't, not the, it's not the weird stuff that makes people relapse. It's not having a coping mechanism when weird stuff happens that makes people relapse. Okay. So we just need to know that right now. But the kindest and most loving thing you can do to somebody in recovery is to say, hey, listen, uh, I'm I'm feeling kind of triggered up and bothered by a couple of things and I want to talk to you about it. When is a good time for us to just sit down so I can share with you my feelings and thoughts? Okay, there's never going to be a good time, right? But okay, let me think about that. You know what? I'll be mentally prepared to have that conversation after I've had my coffee, after I've sat down, let's have that conversation. Now I'm ready to go. And now I feel like I'm a part of it. You've enrolled me. I know we're having this conversation. Of course, it might create some anxiety, but I'm already a willing participant because I've agreed to sit down with you and talk. Now, if somebody says, I don't want to ever talk about that stuff, you've got a problem on your hands, don't you? If you have somebody that's like, well, I don't want to talk about it because when you bring it up, it makes me want to relapse. I'm not a willing participant in this discussion because when you want to talk to me, you make me feel like I want to do this and do that. Well, that's not a healthy human being and you can't, have healthy communication with an unhealthy person. It's like looking at a dog and going, man, if you really love me, you'd meow. Yeah, but dog dogs bark, you know what I mean? They don't meow. So I think that at some point when we're dealing with our people, we have to, instead of, you know, just looking at them and believing in all this potential that they have this in them, that they can really communicate and they can be an effective listener. At some point, you have to look at who you have and start to accept them for who they are versus who you want them to be for you, you know? So let's move on to the next thing. The next major ingredient that you need in order to have a talk soup or the next ingredient is going to be uh, space to say your stuff, all right? Room, like if you're gonna make a, a bowl of soup, you gotta put it in the right pot, you know what I mean? So you need space in that pot. And what that means is, I need space to be able to say the damn thing that I'm going to say to you. So what does that mean? I can't be interrupted every five seconds. And when you're with somebody who's defensive, manipulative, or controlling, you're going to go in with your pain, right? You're going to say, I want to talk to you. Now, we've already agreed we are not having these discussions when anybody is under the influence, right? We've already agreed that. So we know we have a sober human being that we're talking to. Sometimes when you go in with that sober human being, they're so riddled with guilt or um, shame or what have you, that when you try to give them your perspective, instead of listening and hearing to your perspective, they try to negate your perspective and push up against it and want to talk you out of your own feelings, thoughts, and ideas. Like you'll say, Hey, you know, you caused me so much pain at dinner on Friday night, we were at this beautiful event and I just knew going in, you know, this is in the past, right? I want to bring up something from the past. And first of all, it's a big red flag. If they're like, that's in the past, I can't talk about it. Well, we need to talk about things in the past because yesterday's fire is today's smoldering coals. Okay. We're still hot. All right. We're still burning from whatever happened. So we, we need to be able to say, uh, that thing you did at dinner, you know, we were with this with the Swansons, you know, at the thing. And was mortified and and I'm telling you this because the Swansons want to go to dinner on Tuesday now and the last time we went out you got so drunk that you you know fell asleep sleep in your clam soup you know what I mean whatever it is okay you 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 embarrassed me out of there you were shaming the waiter you were dancing with the hostess you know whatever happened at the thing and they say hey uh you know what when you bring that up you make me feel really upset and shamed. So now I'm going to make you feel bad. Okay, here's what's happening here. I'm going to make you feel bad for something you did that I have a feeling about. So you're having a feeling about my feelings about having a feeling about what you fucking did. That does not work for me. And it shouldn't work for you either at some point, right? So I understand that they're going to have shame or guilt or whatever, and that's okay that they have that. Now, part of codependency recovery is being able to, own your own feelings and thoughts without trying to mitigate the emotions of other people while you're expressing your truth. We have a whole friggin' program dedicated to codependency recovery just to learn how to do these things detach from other people's opinions of what you're doing, Uh, stop walking on eggshells, Uh, learn how to stop pleasing or learn how to stop trying to fix everything. I mean, we, you know, it takes us 12 weeks to do it. So this YouTube video and a little taste of salt on it is like the seasoning. The recipe is inside of that program. So if you want that, go over to HeidiRain.com and we can talk about how to engage you in that program. So what should it look like then? It shouldn't look like if you say, hey, that thing you did with the Swansons and then somebody goes, well, you know, I only did that because I was drinking, they're minimizing or they're rationalizing or they're defending, I would never do that sober. The only appropriate thing to say in a healthy communication is to look at somebody when they're sharing their pain with you and go, I'm so sorry. you experienced that. And that I did that. Not even like, I'm so sorry that that's how you saw that go down. I'm so sorry that you experienced that. No, man, we need to own the shit. You know what? I did do that, man. That sucks. It's like when you have a child and you hurt their feelings and you don't want to hurt their feelings. So you try to rationalize it. Well, I didn't really say it like that. I didn't really mean it like that. The only thing your kid wants you to do is go, yeah, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. You know, that's what we all want at the end of the day is to somebody just own their stuff, right? If you're with somebody who still can't own their stuff when you're confronting and going through the pain and just look at you and go, I know, I I know I created that, right? I I know I did that. I'm, I'm really sorry about that. Then you're not with somebody on the path to recovery because recovery is about responsibility and ownership. It's about understanding the impact and effect that they have had on other people in their lives. It's not about pretending that they're better and all is well. That is not how this thing works, okay? But here's a caveat. Just because you're expressing how you felt or feel about what somebody else did to you in their addiction, you can't, that's one thing. What you can't do is ex, is expect them to fix that for you or to heal that for you. That's your work. You, know, you have what we call around here, I call the time, emotional, psychological, Boom, spiritual, emotional, psychological, physical, financial shrapnel from somebody else's addiction. And when they get better, they're like, Well, yeah, but I hurt you, but that's in the past, but I'm all better now. And that might be true that they're all better now. But guess who's not all better now? You. That's why your recovery is so important. People underestimate the impact of other people's addiction on their own psychology and emotions. And I want to help you undo. Undo that impact so that you can really start to heal and and move on. All right. The next thing that we need is, and I'm gonna go. I, there's so many ways that we can communicate this, but I, I just wanna my dog's gonna start flipping out right now because somebody's at the door. So any second, this dog is gonna go ballistic. And I'm gonna, you're gonna see me motion to my husband, or you're gonna hear me motion to my husband to get the dog out of here. Okay. So I could go through this big list, but I don't want to make this super long today. I just want to give you something to chew on while you're making your soup, like a little appetizer while you're building this soup. All right, there's so many other things. There's like nonverbal cues and what's not being said, but I'll leave you with one of the most important. So just like three things, right? An active listener, a willing participant, a space to be able to say your stuff without being like rejected, neglected, whatever is happening, okay? And then the last thing you need to do is the feedback loop. So it's like, I could say the thing to you and think it landed. I landed the plane, right? Yep, I landed the plane. But until the people get off and like acknowledge the plan has landed, nothing really has happened. So meaning if I say something to you, I can't just assume that you get it. I wish that we could talk and people would just get it. That's why coaching is so important because I'll say something and then I go, hey, what'd you hear me say? What does this look like for you in action? How would you implement this on a Tuesday afternoon after you pick up the kids from school? You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of thing we need. So when you say, hey, if it's a boundary, if it's a share, if whatever it is, we always want to check for understanding. We always want to get the feedback. Hey, what'd you hear me say? Or look for the feedback. An active listener is going to be going, "Uh uh-huh. I see that makes sense. I understand they're going to be listening. They're going to be waiting. They're going to be under, they're not waiting to say they're thinking while you're talking, what they're going to say next, what their defense is, right? They're listening to actually hear what the hell you're saying. There's a big difference in that type of person. So the first thing you're going to do after this video, is number one, you can go over to HeidiRain.com and look at the programs, right? If this is Ding 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 in a Bell, or schedule a consultation, and then start to look in your relationship and say, Do I even have the right ingredients to make this damn thing? Do I have? There he goes. Do I have what I need to make these? Make this soup. Right, look at me. I'm. I, you, you can't see me. I'm trying to get the dogs out of here. Can you get the dogs out? I know just open the doors cause I'm making a video and they're screaming and barking. Thank you so much. Okay. So, and just shut that. Thank you. <laughs> We're wrapping it up anyway. Okay. So basically uh, this is perfect timing because the dogs are going nuts. So look at your relationship ask yourself, do I even have the ingredients that I need to have in order to make this freaking talk soup? You don't set out to make the soup. If you don't, if you look in the cupboard and you go, man, I really am craving that recipe. And you look in the thing and you don't have the freaking bullion, you know, you can't make the soup. So I'm not going to waste my time and effort instead of trying to communicate everything I'm communicating to the person who is not available, not receptive, not giving me the feedback, judgmental, whatever is happening. I'm going to go into a safe space because my stuff still needs to be communicated. I want to be that safe space for you. Our programs, our courses, our coaching containers are safe spaces for people like you, people like me, people like us to come together and be able to be heard. Oh my God, the value in that, just to be able to be heard, to be seen, to be understood. We provide, I provide safe spaces for you to communicate and figure out. So at least you can hear your talk for once. All right. And no, you're not crazy. Know what you need isn't a crazy expectation. Know what you need isn't uh, unrealistic or, or not selfish for you to want the things you want. These are the things that you need, all right, first to be validated, understood, heard, respected, valued for what the hell's on your mind. All right. Go over to HeidiRain.com and check those things out until next time. I know that this has been helpful because my, my clients and I talk about this constantly, right? So I know that this is helpful for you. So leave a comment and let me know, tell me uh, what's on your mind, what's on your heart. And most importantly, if you want to really connect on a deeper level, let's begin the beginning of our beautiful relationship. And you can do that over at HeidiRain.com an excellent day. I love you. Take great care of yourself. And remember at the end of the day, if you want the love that you deserve, you've got to go first. You've got to love yourself first. And loving yourself first means investing in yourself, pouring into yourself, respecting yourself and doing what you need to do to take care of you. Okay. I love you. I'll see you soon.